Uh, welcome to uh, the second week uh, of a little series we're doing right before Easter. I'm calling it Who You Say I Am. And we're really looking at this idea of who Jesus says we are and having an understanding of who we are in Christ Jesus. It's so incredibly important to understand who God says you are so that when the lies of the enemy come to attack and destroy and to kill, steal, and destroy, you have the weapon of the word of God to combat what the enemy is speaking over your life. Amen? It's incredibly important. Um, March 27, 2005. It's the day before Jess gave birth to Michael. And uh, I'll never forget that day. I mean, I was just so, so young and had no idea what was about to happen. Um, I was talking to Evan and Adair over in Kids, and she's pregnant, and she's got a few months left. And I said, listen, Go on as many dates as you possibly can right now. Sleep in as many times as you possibly can right now. Enjoy life as much as you possibly can because you're going to not sleep for a long, long, long time. And all the parents said, amen, right? Okay. March 27th, I'm nervous. I'm excited. I have no idea what's going to happen. March 28th, 2005, Jess gives birth to Michael. Um, I think I was in one of those super weird spots in life. I had black hair with blonde tips, okay? Black hair with blonde tips. I don't know what was going on in my soul at that time. But I'll never forget the first time I held him. And my heart exploded. The moment I held him, I thought I would do anything for this kid. There's nothing I would withhold from him. No blessing, nothing that I possess, nothing that I own. I would do anything in this world for this kid. It all happened in about a second. And then October 20th, 2009, Benny Boy came. I think I got a picture of that. Look at that, everybody. Look at Michael Boy. Isn't he so cute? I don't know if he had all of his teeth at that time. We had to remove like four of his front teeth because of apple juice in Jesus' name. Apple juice. But Benny came into the world, and it happened all over again. And then September 16th, 2015, Luke came, and it happened all over again. And the Lord was so clear with me about each and every one of them. When Michael came, and I think I've told you guys this before, he said, I'm coming back soon. Michael has to come now. He's going to be full of the Holy Spirit, tender with the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be the worship leader of your church someday. And this kid played last weekend on the stage for the first time. He's full of the Holy Spirit. And you know what I love about Michael is that Michael is never going to rob Jesus of worship. He will never do that. He's grown up in a worship culture. All he knows is the Holy Spirit. And he will lead our church someday in that same spirit, in that same way. When Ben came into the world, Benjamin stands for son of my right hand. He's so creative. He loves people deeply. And I know that Ben someday is going to help elevate, go into seasons 
that as I get older and as I mature, and I'm going to, in Jesus' name, I'm just going to say it right now. I'm going to have beautiful white hair, just pure white hair someday, okay? I'm going to be tan as crap, everybody, okay, with the white hair, all right? And Ben is going to help us continue to reach generations that are young. And when Luke came in, I held Luke. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is a John the Baptist. He's going, to have pot, he's going to have fire and passion. And boy, does that kid have fire and passion. And he's going to speak about the coming of the Lord. Guys, we are so close. And feel it deep in my soul. We are so close to King Jesus and the rapture of the church. And what we do and what we're doing counts in these moments right before Jesus comes back into the earth. And I knew that from that moment, it was a thousand percent my passion, my drive to make sure that my boys knew the love of Jesus, not my love. Because my love is up and it's down and some days I feel it and some days I don't. But the love of Jesus is consistent and it's same day after day after day. And it was my job to show my boys who Jesus was through my life as a father. Didn't always have a father that did that for me. That, that doesn't mean that I have to be a victim in this life in Jesus' name. I have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me. The other thing that I knew was my responsibility was to do anything I could to help them become who God wants them to be. Drives me crazy in this world when people go, you know, I don't really know what my kids are called to be. I'm just going to allow them to blossom and become whatever the world wants them to become. No, God has given you the Holy Spirit. He has spoken to you about your children. It's your job and your responsibility to help them become who they're called to be. They have a calling. They have a purpose. God didn't bring your children into this earth for no reason. He brought your children into this earth to reign and to rule and to bring heaven to earth in Jesus' name. And it's our responsibility as fathers and mothers and grandparents and aunts and uncles and friends and the body of Christ. That's what's amazing about the body of Christ. We come together and we believe in one another and we see uh, each other's kids and we speak into their lives. Listen, I love. I love that little boy standing there worshiping next to me. I've laid my hand on him. I could feel the Holy Spirit moving through me into him. He's got a great call in his life. We're called to reach this next generation. We're called to understand who we are in Christ. And it's God's passion for us to understand who we are as his children in the body of Christ. Understanding why I'm on this earth. Why I exist. Last week, we talked briefly about this. We talked about that I am chosen. First Thessalonians verse 1 through 4 says, And we know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you. Isn't that great? 
Aren't you excited that God loves you and he's for you and he's not against you today? He loves you and you've been chosen to be one of his people, not by mere people, but by a king. And we find out what kind of king we serve in Revelations chapter 19, verse 11 through 16. And it says this, then I saw heaven opened up. And on it was a white horse standing there, and its rider's name was Faithful and True. And he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire. On his head was many crowns, and on him was written a name that no one could understand except for him. Verse 13, he wore a robe dipped in blood. His title was the word of God, the armies of heaven. Dressed in the finest linens, purest whites, followed him on that horse. And from his mouth came a sharp sword and strike down the nations. And he will rule them with an iron rod as he releases the fierce wrath of God Almighty. Just like a juice flowing from a wine press. In verse 16, on his robe, on his thigh. I think it's a, I, I don't know about you, but I think it might be a tattoo, okay? I know we could get, I know we could get, you know, real controversial up in this piece today about some tattoos, okay? But I like a Jesus with with a tattoo on it, riding on a white horse, okay? Listen, I'm a warrior, okay? I like warriors, and I like seeing Jesus as a warrior. And it says on it, it says, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. That's who's coming. Jesus is coming. So I might not be the MVP. I might not be the most likely to succeed. I might not be prom king or queen. I might not get that job or promotion. I might not be most popular. I might not be anything to this world. But Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, has chosen you. He knows you. He loves you. And he's for you. He's not against you. So like that moment that I held my boys for the very first time and my heart exploded inside of me. God the Father, it's the same way. Oh, she is just the cutest thing ever, trust me. She's great, don't even, don't even worry about it. Look, look at me, we've all been parents. We all get it, okay, don't worry. But God the Father, when you came into the earth, his heart exploded for you. He said, that's my son. That's my daughter that I'm well pleased with. I, I'm for them, not against them. And he took his most prized possession, Jesus. See, that's the thing that I can't ever wrap my head around. Because I love all of you. I really, really, truly do. But the reality is this, is that I would never give my boys for you. I love them. I would lay my life down for them. I would give them anything in this world. I would not lay their lives down for you. But Jesus, the Son of God, God the Father goes, I'm going to take my son, and I'm going to brutally sacrifice them for you to show you how much I am for you. And if I wouldn't 
take my son, my, my one and only son. I give you my one and only son. Is there anything that I wouldn't give to you? Is there anything I wouldn't do for you? See, God the Father wants you to know deeply who you are in him. And so we're going to look at some of these things real fast. Number one, it says this, I'm forgiven of all my sins. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 through 8, it says, Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, Jesus, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are free people, free from the penalty of punishment chalked up by our own misdeeds. And not just barely free, either we are abundantly free free because of what Jesus Christ did for us. It goes on. Number two, it says this, I am a new creation in Christ. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17, it says this, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And sometimes I grew up in church thinking like, how is this be? I'm still the same person. No, the old you, the old sin, the old shame, the old guilt, all that was nailed to the cross with Jesus and you are a new creation in him. I'm the head, not the tail. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 13, it says this. If you listen to these commandments of the Lord your God, I'm giving you today. And if you are careful to obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will always be on top and not the bottom. See, this is the desires of the Lord that he has for you, that you reign in this life. Okay, look at your neighbor. Say, you reign. Say, you reign. Okay. You reign. Listen, God hasn't called us to poverty. God has called us to reign and to rule in this life. Next one, I'm victorious. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thank God. But thank God. For he has made us his captives and continually leads us along Christ's triumphant progression. Now, he uses us, his people, to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. It's not me that brings the victory. It's Christ that brings the victory. And because I'm connected to Christ, I am on this journey with him. And through the journey, he leads me into victory. I am strong in the Lord, says Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power within us to work, accomplish infinitely more than we ever might ask, think, or imagine. I'm strong not because of me. I'm strong because of him. By his wounds, I am healed. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He personally, I love that. He personally, Jesus made a choice to personally carry our sins in his body to the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. You're healed. I'm full of his spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 11, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. The spirit of God who raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. If we could just grasp that, if we could grasp that the grace and the strength that rose Christ from the depths of hell and brought him back to life, lives in us, 
There's nothing we can't accomplish that God has asked us to do. There's nothing that we can't do in this life. It's the same spirit is inside of us. I'm more than a conqueror. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 says, No, despite all these things, overwhelming. Look at your neighbor say overwhelming. Say overwhelming. Overwhelming. Overwhelming victory is ours who Christ who loves us. Who does Christ love? You. Who did Christ choose? You. King of kings, the Lord of lords loves you, sacrificed for you, chose you, bled for you, died for you, rose again for you, made you righteous, made you clean, made you holy without blemish, without spot, because of his great righteousness. Christ is for you. He's not against you. God the Father will stop at nothing to help you understand who you are in him. Not in this world, not in what your friends say, not in what your boss thinks about you, not in what culture says, but who God the Father thinks, how he values and sees you and makes you worthy. And he will stop at nothing, nothing to help you become who you are called to be. See, we all have this picture in our minds of who we're called to be. But then God the Father goes, no, no, I know exactly who you are. Eddie, you know, I just, I've been feeling this. Eddie, you are a powerful man of God. God has put his spirit deep inside of you to lead lots of people to Christ Jesus. I love the joy on your soul. I just love seeing the joy of the Lord radiate, coming out through you, being who you're called to be. Don't ever stop being who you're called to be in Christ Jesus, ever. We're called to be great in his kingdom. And I believe that there's nothing greater on this earth than to help our kids, than to help students, to help our grandkids, to help the next generation understand who they are in Christ. Nothing's greater in this earth because we are living in a time of deep confusion. We're living in a time where kids are going, why am I on this earth? Well, you're on this earth to bring heaven to earth. You're on this earth to be a missionary in your school. You are on this earth for a purpose and a divine reason right before Jesus comes back. You're on this earth. But we live in this time of darkness, and we live in this time of confusion and morality being twisted. The other morning I woke up and I threw on the TV, and the Megyn Kelly show was on. I was like, great, you know? <laughs> and it caught my attention really quick, though, because she had a guest. And her guest was a man uh, that has a wife, but that also has a girlfriend, and they all live together, and they all share the same bed together, and they all have sexual intercourse together, and they have five children in this house. And this is the norm. And this is the norm that our kids are growing up with. Moral depravity. No sense of truth, righteousness. This is what they're going to live in, an absolute norm. And I believe 
and sodomy. It's our responsibility. It's our job as the church of Jesus Christ to show them a clear picture of who you are in him. To show them a clear picture of their sexual identity. To show them a clear picture of morality. To show them a clear picture of the Holy Spirit. To show them a clear picture of the love of the Father. Not religion, but true love of the Father. It's our job to do that. You know, the reality is this, and I've known this for a long, long time because I was a youth pastor for a long, long time, that if we don't reach kids by the time they're in their junior year, that stats tell us nationwide that 85% of the kids that we don't reach by junior year will never be reached for Jesus. They'll be lost forever. So as a church, as a community, we have a great job of raising up the next generation and believing in the next generation. Go ahead and play that video for me going to Enfuego when I was a freshman in high school. I had never seen so many kids who were so passionate about Jesus, but when I walked in, I have never felt more loved in my entire life. Pastor Jeff had said, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you come from, what school you go to, if you're cool or not cool at all, your family. So when I was uh, a sophomore in high school, I was invited by a good friend of mine to go to Oxygen, which was the youth group that Pastor Jeff was over, I didn't really have a youth group or a ministry that I was really plugged into. And then I really started coming consistently when I started to find a good group of, a good group of friends there. When I was a sophomore in high school, I heard about a youth group called Oxygen, and it was a completely different atmosphere than anything that I had experienced. The worship was so intimate, it was so fun, people were jumping up and down, going crazy. I. I had never encountered something like that. The unity and friendship there that Enfuego offered was indescribable. And I really loved um, just the way people loved on each other and encouraged each other. That night, I gave my life to Jesus. For the first time in my life, I was actually passionate about something. I loved Jesus, and I have all of that to thank for Enfuego. Without Enfuego, I don't know where I would be. I don't know the person I would be. Really looking back at my life, I owe a lot of who I am to the friends and the leaders that I met there. Because it looked like a party. Oxygen was this super fun environment where kids were jumping during worship and their hands were in the air and we were jumping on the stage and we were doing these super cool worship songs. And I just remember that I went from being this kid who attended Oxygen occasionally, maybe once a month, to being this kid at the end of the summer who was completely invested in God, completely invested in making sure that I um, was focused on God and His Word and what He wanted to do in my life. One night, Jeff has, was doing the message and then there was worship and he had asked if there were people who wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I was filled with the Holy Spirit that night and it completely changed my life. I had encountered Jesus so intimately like I had never encountered Him before. My soul thirsted for so much more so much more than just a religion. It thirsted for Jesus himself and he was so he was so ready to give himself to me at that at that youth group. And if it wasn't for that youth group, I honestly don't know where I would be. I would probably still be stuck in the cycle of religion. I probably still wouldn't know that Jesus wanted to do everyday life with me. Honestly, Enfuego had made it 
so cool to love Jesus. I just remember having so much fun there, not being ashamed of God at all, not being ashamed of Jesus or talking about him in school. It just, it just changed my life in a way that I couldn't have imagined. I'm so excited for Elevate's youth ministries. I cannot wait to see our youth group here at Elevate thriving and full of students who are passionate about Jesus. I can't wait to see them building relationships and loving on people and showing them the light of Jesus that they've felt and that they've seen. They're going to be able to come in to Elevate's youth group and feel loved and feel like they have a family and feel like they have um, a place to belong. Come on, give it up for Jesus, somebody. You know what's so awesome is that they're like some of the best leaders in our church today. I mean, Chloe, how old were you when you came? 14. 14. Dej, how old were you when you came? 12. I mean, they become the church. See, Jesus doesn't there's not a junior Holy Spirit. It's not a small Holy Spirit. There's one Holy Spirit. There's one Jesus. And it doesn't matter how old you are. When you get it, you get it. And then you become the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? So as a church, we've got a great call. I've never stopped loving students and kids. Love them. We had an encounter a few weeks ago, and we had this uh, youth group uh, worship team uh, call us and ask us if they could come. I was like, you're just so sweet to call us and ask us if you come. And they came that night, and they were right here, and there was probably six of these, you know, high school kids worshiping Jesus. And, I mean, my heart just jumped out of my chest for them. The future, the future of the church, the future of humanity, right before Jesus comes back, right before. See, I've never lost the passion. I was a youth pastor, kids pastor for 16 years. Here, put up that first picture. Uh, there's me back in the day at summer camp. Uh, it's Eric Jones. Uh, he's become a pastor now. Great, great kid. It was me there, and then the next picture, uh, there's definitely me as uh, Flavor Flav uh, back in the day. As a, I mean, listen, I would go to any lengths, any lengths to entertain, to love, to have fun uh, as a youth pastor. Next picture. Uh, you can see it right there. Uh, I believe there's 21 boys in that hot tub, and I believe when we got out of the hot tub, there was no water, okay? I promise you, Okay. That was, we used to have these things called house parties on Sunday night. We uh, would have, like, I mean, like, 300 and something kids show up, and the cops would come all the time, and they'd be like, is anybody getting drunk? I'd be like, no. They'd be like, party on, man. I'd be like, party on Wayne, party on Garth, you know? <laughs> and it was just the best. But what is our job as a church? Our job as a church is to raise up the next generation. And I believe it's our job and it's our time and it's our season. God has gotten this church off the ground and now it's time to go beyond. Now it's time to go into new realms, into new seasons. Listen, listen to me carefully. The city needs us. The city needs this church 
This city is yearning for something real. People are yearning for the spirit of God. They're yearning for passion. They're yearning in their souls and their souls don't even know what they're yearning for. But this church is called to make a huge impact in the city of Cincinnati. We're here on a divine mission and purpose. God didn't send us here by chance. Elevate Church isn't here by chance. And we will go forward and take the ground that God has called us to with authority and victory through him. So with that said, it's time to move. Everybody said amen. Can we get an amen, somebody? Time to go. Throw the picture. We found a new building in Jesus' name. Keep going. It's pretty on the outside. I like pretty. Keep going. Next picture. Uh, big building. Uh, big parking lot. The whole building isn't ours. In Jesus. Maybe it will someday. Maybe God will just give us a whole thing in Jesus' name. Uh, next picture. Uh, it is a half a mile from Top Golf. Anybody know where Top Golf is? Off of 75. Beautiful location. Beautiful, right in the hub of what's happening in culture right now. Uh, you can see Top Golf there. Uh, next picture. It's right by Duluth Trading Factory, right off of Union. Is Union Center correct? Off of uh, 75. Off of 75. All right. Uh, next picture. Kind of show. Uh, this is the layout. Um, who likes space? Anybody likes space? Okay. Who likes different chairs? Who likes different chairs? Can we get an amen for different chairs? Okay. Um, our sanctuary uh, would be able to hold, I think, roughly 260, 280 seats. Our lobby, our lobby area um, would be the size of this whole entire building. The front, the stage, just... Lots of lobby space, lots of space to talk. Um, we will have an elementary room the size of this room, okay? How many of you are just so blessed by Casey and Haley? Are they not amazing, amazing, amazing? They are a godsend, and uh, they need the right room. They need the right space to continue to reach kids, kids, love them. I mean, they run to Casey and Haley, and they're just... I love when parents tell me this. Parents tell me this. They go, my kid is learning about Jesus. They're not just having fun. They're really getting Jesus. So we're going to have an elementary room, huge elementary room. Uh, bathrooms. Can we get an amen for bathrooms and not in the sanctuary, somebody? I mean, just, ah, oh, thank God. Okay. Um, and then we're going to have some kids' rooms. Go ahead and play uh, those videos. I went up to Living Word and uh, took some video. These are the kids' rooms. Um, that we remodeled at Living Word when I worked for Pastor Pat. Uh, we did a big overhaul and redid kids' rooms. Listen, kids' rooms are so important that kids have fun, uh, that they have the right things to be able to minister to kids so kids grow up with an understanding. So listen to me. When kids grow up understanding who they are in Christ, they don't feel the sting and the pain in junior high and high school of a life of sin because they understand who they are in Christ. And when sin and shady dudes and shady girls come along, they go, bye-bye, see you later. I don't need you, right? Okay? And so we got to help kids understand exactly 
who they are in Christ. So our kids' rooms are going to look a lot like this. They're going to be furnished well. They're going to have lots of, you know, toys for kids to play. They're going to be beautiful. And that's a huge deal to the community. It's a huge deal to the community to come in and go, these rooms are beautiful. They're safe. You've been thinking about my kids. You've been thinking about them coming. Uh, and, and we're incredibly, incredibly excited. So it's time. It's time to raise up our kids. It's time to raise up students. It's time to raise up the next generation. Amen? Amen. It's time. It's time for this church to go to the next level. Okay? Uh, Drew, where's Drew? They have those, you got those cards? Please go ahead and pass out uh, all those cards real quick. Look at Shannon. Give it up for Shannon, everybody. Just looking just beautiful. Everybody grab a card. Hold on to the cards. Don't look at them yet. Last point is this. We're a part of the kingdom of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a part. You're a part. You're a part. You're a part. Look at, no, no, no. You got to say with some conviction. Say, you're a part. Say, you're a part. You're a part. Listen, the kingdom of God never goes any farther than people. God ordained it that way. Okay, God ordained to use your life in the earth. Without you, God can't accomplish all that he is called to do in this earth. He ordained it that way. He loves using you. He's chosen you. He's for you. He's not against you. Okay? We close to passing all those up. So we have to understand this. Everybody look at me. We hold a responsibility in the kingdom of God. You hold a responsibility. Let me make this abundantly clear. Someday you will stand before Jesus. You will give an account for your life. You will give an account for how you use your life. And I promise you this. It is our job and it is our responsibility to move the kingdom of God forward. It's our job. It's our job. It's not somebody else's job. It's not somebody else's church's job. It's our job. Listen, look at me clearly on this. This church will be thousands someday. Thousands. Thousands. Okay? Thousands. Okay? But the faith that it takes, it always starts small. Can you, uh, oh, that was in the video. Do you see that picture, that youth group, where there was just hundreds of kids everywhere? It started with 20. Started with 20. Listen, God's never intimidated by starting small. This church started really small, people, really small. And we're getting there. God has great plans. So let me say this. 1,000% unashamed, we need you. God needs you. The kingdom needs you, okay? We have some money to raise to get this project done, okay? We need 45,000 total to make the whole entire thing done. We'll have a permanent home. Okay, no more setting up, tearing down. Our kids will be in the same building with us. We'll have a beautiful building to invite our friends and our family uh, with. But we need some income. And we need you and me and all of us to hear from the Holy Spirit about how to give to this. Because there's tithing and then what we call offerings and sacrificial giving to push the kingdom 
of God forward. I promise you, there was a day before any of you ever sat in this room, any of you, any of you ever sat in this room, and I had to raise, not I, but the Lord, and me and him had to raise $70,000 to start this church. And people from Michigan and Florida and Illinois and Indiana and California, people around this whole entire country invested and sowed so that you could be here today. They believed in you before they ever even knew about you. And we have the opportunity to raise up our kids, to invest in our kids, to make sure that they have moments. Look, Matt and Levi and Elena are going to build the greatest youth group Cincinnati has ever seen, I promise you. It's going to be full of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. I promise you we will have more students than we know what to do with, okay? It's going to be insane. Our kids' ministry, people are going to rave about our kids' ministry. It's time to raise up the next generation, but we have to hear from the Spirit of the Lord. Go ahead and play that video. My dad, Bill Gunter, was an architect. He built a lot of houses, a lot of uh, commercial buildings, but mainly he built um, churches. He probably built, what, I'd say like 900 um, churches. He also was a pilot. In 1980, um, our church, Christian Life Center, was in the midst of a, a building program. And Bill had directed these programs on different occasions for different churches. And to help him facilitate his travel, he, he bought a plane. And he had several planes, but on this particular time, which was in 1980, he had two planes. And he had just bought a Cherokee 6. And he had this Comanche, Piper Comanche, that was absolutely a gorgeous airplane. And he loved it so much. It was his favorite. And uh, we were going into this building program. And we were going to meet at a restaurant with anyone that wanted to come. And the idea was big gifts was really the idea. And they encouraged people to come up and give, donate, whatever gifts that they wanted and different people were doing that and as they were talking and different people were saying what they wanted to contribute and give it came to my mind Comanche and at the same time which I didn't know Bill was saying in his mind Comanche he was going to sell this airplane I turned my chair and looked at him right in the face and the first words that came out of my mouth and his mouth was Comanche. We knew that God had spoken to us and told us that that's what he wanted us to contribute, and so we did. This was one of Dad's favorite scriptures, 2 Timothy 1.12, and it reads, I have no regrets. I couldn't be more sure of my ground. The one I've trusted in can take care of what he's trusted me to do right to the end. Because of mom and dad's sacrifice those many years ago, and just the obedience that they felt um, to the Lord, many, many lives have been touched through sacrificial giving, obedience, and just the love of God. Why don't you stand up this morning? 1980, small little church, Christian Life Center. It's one of the biggest churches in Dayton, Ohio. Thousands and thousands of people attend this church. 
And I'm 100% sure that when, I mean, you used to go there, you used to sing there. I'm so confident that someday, well, I know Papa's already seen it. But when Baba gets there to heaven, people are gonna come up to them and go, thank you. Thank you for sowing. Thank you for investing. I'm here. My kids are here. We're here because of you. Amen. So you got a card today and our prayer is that you would hear from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit would lead and guide and direct your hearts and souls. We want you to fill out that card and turn it into me or bring it back next week. Maybe you need a few days to pray about it. But we got some work to do. But God is so faithful. And this church is gonna go into a new season of victory and life. Amen.